Good morning, Anchorage, Alaska, the lower 48, and the rest of the world. It's Bruce Lindquist with this podcast, Wonderful Counselor. Hey guys, I want to apologize to you in advance. My voice is not what it normally is. I've been sick since December 26th, um, but I am on the rebound, so thank you for your prayers. This is the last episode of the mini-series. So if you've been following this, you know there's been 11 episodes. And the final one is titled, Time's Up. So once again, um, it's time to use that amazing imagination that God's given you. So I want you to close your eyes, unless of course you're driving, then please don't close your eyes. And I want you to return back to... um, last week's episode, where Grace and her daughter met, Christina met after a very, very long time being apart. Grace looked at her daughter Christina's eyes, and memories flooded back. She was a princess in the southern kingdom, and her and her twin sister Bellatrix, meaning female warrior in in Romania, lived a life of nobility. Her mom, the queen, and dad, the king, had ruled the kingdom in peace and were beloved by its people. She and her sister were close, best friend sisters they called themselves. When the time came for marriage, her sister's heart was stolen by the prince of Romania. His family ruled with a steel hand and the people greatly feared him. Grace was the first to marry, though, a good man, a wise leader, who was compassionate They had a daughter, and they named her Christina. Usually it is the mother at risk in childbirth, especially in those days. But her husband caught a rare blood disease, and Grace found herself a young widowed mother. The prince of Romania's name was Arkel, and he had his eyes on Bellatrix. But Grace was not fooled by his charm, and cautioned her sister, and her parents were quite displeased at the thought of their union, but it was too late, for her heart had already been given away to him. She married the prince, yet she could not conceive a child. This was a problem, for the future of the monarchy had no male heir to reign. The king of Romania consulted all the gods and goddesses he knew of, and said he would worship whatever one gave him an heir. One night, a man draped in black crept into the king's chamber. Your prayers have been heard, and you will have a son, and he will be a greatest leader on earth. All you have to do in your entire family is wear these crimson rings. What God said the king am I to worship? Why the morning star said the dark figure, who has been foretold from olden days, who will be your inheritance. The king agreed and put on the red crimson ring, and when he did, any good that was in his heart left him. He no longer cared for his people, and while they ate lavish banquets in his kingdom, the people outside of the castle were starving. The king looked at his neighbor in the south and plundered their kingdom and had both parents of Grace's heads removed. Bellatrix found her sister holding the baby. Give her to me, and Grace refused, and the soldiers from the kingdom of Romania took her daughter away from her. 
How could you do this to our family? Mom and Dad love you. You are my best sister friend. But the woman that stood before her was not her sister anymore, thanks to the rain. And banished Christina would not ever wear a crown, but would be a handmaiden to Bellatrix. How Grace ended up in Greenland is a very long story for another time indeed. Let's just say the Vikings saw her as the goddess Frigg from Norse lore and built for her an ice estate and the tunnels that made underground railroad. All her wealth came from Norway. Well, after all the work was completed to build her ice kingdom, the Vikings had left, and in an icy cavern miles under the ice, she began to wonder about her purpose. Hundreds of years later, she would visit a land called America, and she heard the gospel for the first time. She said, I am no goddess, and you are my God, and asked Jesus to forgive her sins, and would follow him all the days of her life. Holy Spirit revealed to Grace in a dream she was to rescue those caught in sex trafficking and that she would do that for much of her life, but also had a greater calling to be revealed in her later years of life. She would also not see death, nor would her daughter Christina. John Elton was ecstatic. Now thanks to that wise and crafty demon, he knows where to attack. The demon had placed tracking device on Christina, while she was unconscious just in case she hadn't died. John became aware from around the world that a remnant of believers were being rescued and taken to the frozen wasteland of Greenland. John would wait until they all gathered in one place and then exterminate them. John sat down with the president. I have a military mission for you. Of course. Got any more of that bitter coffee, John? Said the president. Another bitter coffee addict. John loved it. I got the best special forces in the world. They're a phone call away, said the president. No, I want Val Yang, Yang warriors to pick up in China, be picked up in China and in Anchorage, Alaska. There will be hundreds of female warriors. When the warriors arrived at the White House, the president asked, how diverse and inclusive. They're Chinese women, said John. No, you don't understand, said the president. I have the most diverse administration in government history. They're warriors, John asked the president. Are yours warriors? Well, they're social justice warriors. Then they can accompany these warriors, said John. We need B-1 bombers to break through the ice dome, and the warriors will be lowered inside for the kill. When John was convinced a few months later the remnant had been rescued, he went to give the order, but nothing came out of his mouth. He sensed his spirit. John and God had a one-way conversation. This time has been foretold to be mine. Stop meddling. He still could do nothing. John then turned his attention to other world matters. He had convinced humanity's leaders to have abortion all over the world codified that the United States would ensure with sanctions every country followed suit. He also had been working actively on the deconstructing of gender, so eventually humans would not even be able to reproduce. As young girls and boys were being taught by their teachers, you are what you feel, and the whole healthcare industry, in the name of healthcare, would continue to slowly eliminate humans' capacity to reproduce. Children K through 12 were being indoctrinated. It was a beautiful world. Parents were leading their children like sheep to the slaughter. Now, with parents wearing the crimson rings 
and their children too all would have gender reassignment surgeries. John could write a book, How to Convince Humans into Extinction. John sat back. What else could he do to bring human demise faster? He taught them to forsake God, to deconstruct religion and spirituality. They lost their identity and replaced the fear of God. Instead of seeing the rainbow as a covenant for redemption, they used it to support living out Romans 1. Love who you want. He just loved that one. Those poor children. He laughed. He made a covenant, a peace treaty with Israel. The Jewish people saw their Messiah, the Muslims, Muhammad. There was no need for a constitution anymore. Humanity gave all their rights to him. Come on, God. Give me the green light to attack. Stop protecting them, John said. But he was still unable to speak the order. Let's see what else is on his Christmas list and New Year's list. He had been naughty, and nice was not an option anymore for those wearing the ring. Lucifer started feeling restless and bored. It was just too easy. Humans, fallen spirits, wanted to die. John decided to have a suicide lottery, and people would just line up to be lucky winners. They would end their life on social media, and the post would go viral. He would broadcast it all over the world, and he would include one of those social media dares as well. He loved suicide especially when they weren't successful and had to suffer and pray for their death. John spoke the order. All right, it's time for the attack, and the B-1 bombers started bombing the ice dome. It was incredibly thick, but after many bombings, the ice dome cracked, and the Chinese warriors slid down the cables to the floor below. The social justice warriors um, just fell to their death. When the bombing had started, Grace had them all in a far corner of the ice dome and was leading them down the underground um, railroad. It took mere hours, but the ice escape fell, and now they were on a search-and-destroy mission. Dr. Lynn, Meg, Grace, and Christina, and over 10,000 women were on the run, plus those rescued, fathers and mothers and children. It looked very much like Israel leaving Egypt with Moses leading them, and Christina was her Joshua. Grace had shut the ice door. They were in the secret passage. Don, John received the news that they were not here. John watched the homing beacon on Christina. So that's where the Underground Railroad is. Vouching opened the secret passage and they continued to hunt their prey. Wait, Grace said. They're following us. It isn't possible. Grace prayed and the Holy Spirit revealed that Christina, her daughter, was carrying a homing device. She confronted her daughter. Would you betray me with a kiss? No, said Christina, as God is my witness, I did not know it was there. Her mother wasn't convinced and asked Holy Spirit to reveal to her the truth. And then she hugged her daughter. I'm sorry for doubting you, said Grace. I understand, said Christina. There's a lot at stake. They left the homing device further up the tunnel, and they took a different route through the ice-made caverns. John looked over the maps of the region. Let's see, we know the Underground Railroad starts in Alaska. The destination is the frozen estate is destroyed. 10,000 women and those other believers will eventually show up on the Alaska frozen tundra. Where did you say that airplane hangar was, Vaucheng? Here? And then, and they also walk by foot. So they have to be around here somewhere, said Vaucheng. Position your warriors here. I want special forces here. Mr. President, not your woke warriors who can't fight their way out of a paper bag of their delusions. And surveillance drones here. It's like a game of chess. They only have a few moves until checkmate. 
The group of weary pilgrims had other plans and had diverted away from Alaska to the Canadian Passage. It wasn't checkmate. They were playing an entirely different game. John waited for days. Nothing. Then a week. Still no sign of them. John realized there must be another passage. He contacted the Canadian government, which fell into darkness before the United States, thanks to his good friend Justin. Every resource was employed. Nothing spared. John's instructions were blood-chilling. Kill them all except Grace and Christina. I want her mother to see us wed before I put her to death, as Christina will watch another family's member's head roll. Yet there was no news from Canada, and the vagabond group was making its way to Greenland. When it arrived, Grace checked out the frozen ice dam. It was very much destroyed. John earlier had the strongest feeling they would return to the frozen estate, so he ordered the planes and warriors to be ready. And he saw them all approaching. He waited until they were safely, they thought, inside. What was left of Grace's frozen estate? Checkmate, said John. You didn't really think that you would escape me. After all, I am the god of this world. Grace, may I have your daughter's hand, said John Elton, mocking the sanctity of marriage, as he has done over the years in so many ways. Over my dead body, said Grace. Christina, I have a ring for you, said John. You can take that ring to hell with you where it belongs, said Christina. John said, look, all around you, you're surrounded. No more secret passages. Now most of you will die, as John looked at his watch right about now. The female Chinese warriors brought down their swords to behead all of them. Grace countered, no, time's up now. And the trumpet from heaven blew. And the dead in Christ rose first. And then they all disappeared. Every believer who didn't wear the ring and bow down to John were gone. The women's sword cut through nothing but air. John couldn't believe his eyes. They were raptured to heaven. They all gathered before the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well done, good and faithful servants who did not wear the ring, said Father God. When your country chose to reject me, you remembered you were from a better country. They all bowed in holy reverence and stayed bowed for quite a while as their souls, all they could say was holy. Christina then said to her father God, Home isn't a place, it's a person. I'm home. Yes, you are, said Father God. Welcome home. Joan hugged Dr. Lin. Did you really did some good work out there? You were the first to be martyred and saved our lives, said Dr. Lin. Grace and Christina came before the Lord the Lord of Lord and the Kings of Kings, Jesus. She saw how much he suffered for the sins of the world and wept when she saw his scars. Jesus said to her, My children, I took all the sins of the world so you wouldn't have to carry yours. It's been a hard life, Lord, said Christina. Yes, but I didn't promise any other type of life. Suffering is a part of the process as well as the joy, said the Lord. Christina asked the Lord for a favor. I don't deserve to ask for one, but I have been reading the Bible. Your word says we can boldly come to your throne. I already made the provision, dear one, and Alba, her horse, nudged her. Dr. Lin said, sorry for taking so long to believe in you, Jesus. I could have done more. You did exactly what you were created to do. To journey with the suffering is nobility at its highest level, said Jesus. When they, then they all heard a cry from under the throne of God. It was coming from the blood of the martyrs that had spilled over. Now, said Father God, 
But before I release my judgments, I give those remaining one more opportunity, as when the Holy Spirit left, the church, the bride of Christ, everyone's rings fell off. They are no longer controlled by demons. They were given a choice to wear the ring or to die for their faith. The Father waited each one to make their decision, and then his judgment fell as the great tribulation hit the earth. The people left experienced the same plagues only worse when God used Moses to Pharaoh. Lucifer watched a third of the earth burn up, meteors, plagues of all kinds, a third of the sea dried up. It was bitter to taste. It was the end of the world, and those who would bow to Lucifer and those who will turn to Christ is for another time. Because that day the Lord returns, Jesus said only the Father would know. As I wrote the conclusion for this mini-series, I wanted to share a Bible passage. It comes from Revelations 22, 11-13. It's also quoted in part in Daniel. He who is unrighteous, unjust, and wicked, let him remain unrighteous still. And he who is filthy and vile and impure, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous and just and upright and right standing with God, let him do right still. And he who is holy, let them be holy still. Behold, I am coming soon. I shall bring my wages and my reward with me to repay and render to each one just as what their own actions and their own work merit. I am the Alpha Omega, the first and the last, the before all and at the end of all. He who testifies these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. I hope you enjoyed this mini-series as much as I did when I wrote it. I will give this disclaimer. While I quote the Bible in several passages, other than the gospel message, it is simply a possibility of what might happen. These stories are no way to supersede the truth of Scripture. I am aware it says in the book of Revelations I will not add or subtract from Scripture. Remember, this is an 11-episode season. The title of the entire series is called The Crimson Ring. Episode 1 was entitled, What's Wrong with Being Right? Episode 2, The Choice. Episode 3, Lucifer Meets the Counselor. Episode 4, Lucifer Tells His Story. Episode 5, Lucifer Meets the Risen Christ. Episode 6, The Beginning. Episode 7, The Father of Lies. Episode 8, Mystery Revealed. Episode 9, The Great Persecution of 2023. Episode 10, Betrayed with a Kiss. And Episode 11, Time's Up. I want to thank over the 2,100 listeners, almost 2,200 now, around the world. Keep listening and sharing. I had no idea what to write for the next podcast. Uh, And if you're interested in the subject, go to my podcast webpage and click on the three lines. You'll find a bell and leave me comments. In addition, if you have any comments, please leave them. Uh, At 2023, maybe the year God raptures the church, or we go through some persecution like most believers in history. Either way, to quote the Apostle Paul as he was awaiting his death by beheading in a Roman cell, in his letters to the Philippians, in verse 121, to live as Christ and to die as vain. So for the next coming episode, I have been convicted and, and really felt led by the Holy Spirit 
to start um, preparing the church for the great persecution that's coming. And I'm going to focus on that in our next episode. And this isn't going to be a story. This is going to be what is happening in America right now. If you can read the writing on the wall, you can see that Christians are going to be facing persecution unless the Lord intervenes in ways that we haven't even imagined. And it's just not Christians. Anybody who chooses to stand against the state. So I'm looking forward to writing that episode and sharing that with you, and that will be for next week. All right, guys, have a blessed day. Um, Keep me in your prayers to feel better. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I had so much fun writing it. And um, God bless you guys, and I look forward to sharing with you uh, next week some strategies and some signs about what we need to do as Christians to stand in a time where being a Christian will actually mean something here in America to take up our cross and to follow Christ.